Hello, and welcome to the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast, the only program for horse lovers who have a fondness for horses in film, art, and literature. Each week, we will have interesting conversations with equestrian filmmakers, artists, and authors from around the world, discussing the nature and challenges, as well as the triumphs of creating their work. Ready to talk horses and film and the arts? Here's your host, Julianne Neal, along with Lisa Dearson, festival founder and director. Hi, this is Julianne. I'm so pleased to have the chance to share some of this year's content from the Equus Film and Arts Fest on the podcast episodes coming up over the next few weeks. Although we made a move to virtual in 2020, we still had amazing participation from our filmmakers, authors, and artists. So over our next few podcast episodes, you'll hear from our web chats, hosted by Diana DeRosa, Lisa DeMaisy, Carly Cade, Milt Toby, and myself. You'll hear web chats, panels, and more. Stay tuned, and we hope that you enjoy. Hi, I'm Diana DeRosa, and I am speaking with Paul Randall, and he is living now in Italy. So cool. I've been there many times. I love the place. But it's really nice to speak to somebody so far away. Paul is the trainer and producer of the educational film Catching Nido. So, Paul, what made you decide to create this film? No, well, it's, it's um, hard, hard for, for people, people to understand, understand the, for the, the brain of a horse being taught to come, come and go and being easy to catch, catch are two, two completely, completely different, different things. things. I, I totally agree with that. And I would like to see if you could clarify, why do you think that is? I mean, we obviously saw the horse running around like crazy and then suddenly he came right to you. So do you think it has something to do with the herd instinct? What, what do you think that is? I, I don't, it's, it's, it's over 40 years that um, I've been observing this and I can't explain it, but, but uh, after all these years, I do accept it. And uh, it is hard for people to understand. So, so I, I made this film to, to try to show to people, because I talk about things and people find it hard to believe. And even to see the film, I think it's hard to believe. As a horse person, I can totally relate to that. But I would like to find out when it was that you first realized that it was time to change your approach. And, and what did you do to, to make it make that happen? Make it happen that he came to you? No, well, the, the, the thing is that this, this all started um, when I was uh, in my 20s. And I was very keen on a girl that, that had very high opinion of her knowledge of horses. And um, uh, I wanted to persuade her that in some way I knew more about horses than she did. But uh, it was a chronic overkill because it, it, it comes out that I, from the point of, of training horses to become when called, I know no more than anybody in the world, it seems. And it's, it's, it's like anything that, that when one sort of follows a path, uh, you learn new things because you're on that path. And other people aren't on that path, so they don't learn these things. So 
Um, now I think it's just become essential that I should try and, and spread the word in the whole world. No, I, I, I agree with you. I loved watching that film and I actually do understand the concept of having the horse come to you, but you made it so clear. So I want to thank you for that. So if people want to know a little bit more about your training techniques, et cetera, what do they do? And do you have any last comments you'd like to say before we sign off? Well, now we're actually uh, uh, almost finished uh, training videos that are going to be available um, in the whole world. Um, uh, but uh, I think uh, it's something that, that for particularly for experienced horse people, to, to realize that there is a sort of a whole segment of horse control that they know nothing about. And um, I, I think it, it's, it's, it's going to be almost embarrassing for them because the, 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 there's this, this sort of slice of uh, the possibilities of training horses very easily that they know nothing at all about. And all the times they've run around in a field trying to catch their horse and there is such a simplified method as, as you show in your video. So Paul, I want to thank you very much. I love the idea that we are speaking, we're able to speak to each other from two different countries. So thank you so much for joining me this morning. You're very welcome. It's been a pleasure talking to you. This episode of the Equus Film and Arts Fest podcast is sponsored in part by Nature's View, The Marley Project, and JA Media Productions. To learn more about what we do, visit naturesview.us. Hi, this is Lisa Mae DeMacy with another Equus Film Festival web chat here with accomplished equestrian artist Cindy Galloway. Welcome, Cindy. Oh, thank you so much. This is just such an honor, and uh, it's so much fun to talk to you, Lisa. Cindy, you consider all living things to have the same importance as humans. How does this mantra frame how you see your canvas, especially in terms of anthropomorphizing foxes and hounds, as seen in your works Lady Kitty's Hunt debut, Early to Meet, and Late to Meet? Oh, boy, this is fun. So I've always said I have a Dr. Seuss brain. Um, I'm a thinker of the Dr. Seuss variety and there, there aren't any rules in my mind. There's no box whatsoever. So I love animals. It's, it's just been something since I was a child that that's all I focus on. And um, uh, I, I don't know, it just, it naturally melded together the characters and um, I, I don't wanna do things like everyone else does. So foxes and hounds, when you look at these animals, oh my gosh, they have so much personality, especially mm -hmm. horses. So I'm hoping this makes sense, but I just naturally gravitated towards melding the two, you know, characters together with human scenes. And it's worked out well. It's been fun. I have, um, I don't know if you can see back here. Oh, but we can see it very clearly. Yeah, that's, uh, you know what, I'll just, I'll let this go. <laughs> no, you could go, you, you okay. could tell us about them. So right here I have, this is a Christmas card and you can buy these on my website, but this is my beloved Harrington Hound and this is Lady Kitty on the horse and obviously this is a winter scene, but he's presenting her for a gift. It's, it's a love affair made in heaven. It's, it's timely, the subject, because, um, uh, you know, it's, it's two very different animals and Lady Kitty's mother does not want them together. 
So there's there's a whole book to be written, and um, they're bucking the system and doing everything outside of what the norms are. So you'll be able to read about their love story as the uh, you know as it all progresses and the artwork does. That's wonderful. <laughs> Your creativity spans crafting fine oil originals, sketching delicate color pencil portraits, and painting eclectic equestrian subjects such as the belt buckles trays, and Lazy Susans. Your festival entry is Decanter, which depicts a hound awarding a, a fox who's mounted on a horse a cup and blue ribbon. Can you tell us a little bit more about that project? Um, well, it started out, I was thinking I was going to paint a tray for, to sell for Christmas. It was two or three years ago. And I was talking to my sister, I'm like, I need to think of a word where I can bring a subject in, you know, to go with it. And I was talking about the different horse gates and um, she said, canter, canter. And I went, oh, decanter, why? Oh my so, God. So that's how uh, this originally started. I don't have, uh, it, it, there should be a, an original of this up on the Equus Film Festival website. Um, and then it shows uh, Harrington Hound, the love story again, holding a large decanter of wine and he's presenting Lady Kitty at a stirrup cup with a goblet. So that's, that's how it started. And um, Harrington Hound is quite an accomplished, uh, uh, he's a clothing connoisseur and uh, Lady Kitty comes from a very wealthy family in England. And uh, so they meet and they're forbidden, but their love draws them together. And uh, it's, it's, all the drawings, and I'm coming up with more and more, and I have not exposed them yet, but they're all about gorgeous clothing and these romantic scenes and everything very uh, Jane Austen. That's a good way to put it because I'm such a fan of Jane Austen. So I'm, I'm trying to, I see. you know, I'm bringing all those things into it, all the elegance. Yeah, and who is your audience? Like, like is there a whole span of ages that are attracted to your work or? Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Yeah. And um, the book that I'm going to write, I think I'm going to gauge it more towards preteen to teenagers and, uh -huh. you know, finding their own way in life, uh, you know, doing things outside of the box. Um, and I think it's timely with, with how um, more, uh, I, don't, I don't know how to put this, you know, more of the interracial uh, relationships happening and how that's normal now and this is this kind of follows the same thing and when I started this I didn't think about that but now more and more I'm thinking wow this this can really you know exacerbate the story into something timely and relevant so um it's where we are <laughs> can you tell us who uh the folks out there can locate your work and learn a little bit more about you sure uh, my website is www.cindygalloway.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram under Cindy Galloway Artist. I did close my Facebook account, but um, uh, please come to my website and sign up for a subscription. Can I show a few pieces of work nice. that would make phenomenal Christmas presents? So obviously I gravitate towards horses and I've got two horses at home, a yellow horse and quattro, and I bring them into my goodies occasionally. But here is one belt buckle uh -huh. and this is called the flying pearl. And they come on these gorgeous 
supple, thick, yummy, soft leather belts. And you can pick your size and you can pick your color. Cindy, Here's another one for the dressage. Cindy, hmm? when you paint those, do you have the buckle up on an easel or how do you, are you looking straight down on it? I'm looking straight down on it and I'll, I'll show you. So they're just uh, three and a half inches by two inches. Um, I am a detail painter. And for me, this is easy to do as long as my glasses are okay. Um, but I, I love painting. I think you can see the detail in it. I love to paint detail. So for me, piece of cake. Um, I, you know, here's another one. This is Lady Kitty. This is her hunt debut. She is truly a hound Um She started hunting. She was cubbing on a hound. Uh, which I'm sure that uh, Harrington Hound wouldn't really appreciate, but um, he knows it goes on. So this again, you know, they're they're doing things outside of the norm. But she's darling. I love this belt buckle. And then they have my fabulous logo on the back. Aww. And then again, the belts. And there's different colors. And then again, my fabulous Harrington Hound. But, uh, he's beautiful. But I love these guys. And I'm going to come up with more and more. And I hand paint these if you have a portrait of your horse or a dog or a bird or a pig whatever um i will gladly custom make one of these for you um and you they can have so much personality i love them oh and then i have my uh christmas cards and i've got different versions of again oh harrington hound the love story and uh also lady kitty and her father on her hunt debut <laughs> so and I and I hand make these cards. Uh, they're all on fabulous thick stock, and they've got glitters, and I've got a billion different patterns. But um, area to write, and then on the back, very so, special. Yeah, they are special. So I uh, some nice Christmas plaid. So, but those are all on my website. So check them out. Check well, them out. lots of stuff. Lots there of is, stuff. there is, and then my uh, obviously doing portraiture. I love colored pencil portraits; they're fabulous. So those are there's quite a few of those on my website, for examples. But um, uh, I love it all. I'm just cruising along and having a good time with this. Well, thanks for chatting with us today. It was great to learn about you and your work. Thanks so much, Lisa. This has been a good time. Thanks, Cindy. All right, take care. Hi, I'm Julianne Neal with the Equus Film and Arts Fest, and I'm so excited to be speaking with one of our new Equus authors today, Melanie Bowles, or I'll, I'll make your mom happy and say Melanie Sue Bowles. <laughs> Welcome, Melanie. We're so glad to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I'm thrilled to be here. Well, we're going to be speaking about two of your projects. They're, they're both soft cover books, The Horses of Proud Spirit and Hoof Prints, Horses, Stories from Proud Spirit. And you're actually on location at Proud Spirit Sanctuary right now, correct? I am. Yes. Great. Well, can you tell us a little bit about the two projects and about the sanctuary? It sounds wonderful. Well, we began the sanctuary um, back, uh, well, 30 years ago. And we started on five acres of land with one horse in need. And over the last 30 years, it's evolved into um, 
buying additional land and then moving again and buying more land. And we're now on almost 200 acres. Wow. And over the last 30 years, we've intervened on behalf of hundreds and hundreds of horses in need. And my books reflect, they just tell the story of how the sanctuary began and some of the stories of the horses that have come to us. And some of them are a little bit moving and emotional and others are funny. And uh, so it's a, it's a book of, it, I think it, hit, it hits every emotion. And um, after the first book came out, um, a producer for PBS read the book and wanted to come out and film a full-length documentary about the sanctuary. Wonderful. So that happened in 2004 and that aired nationally. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, I wrote my second book, Hoofprints, More Stories from Proud Spirit. Well, from, from Jesse and Riley to Indigo, they all sound like amazing animals. And from stories of all the foals in the barn to Indigo surprising you in the laundry room, I think it sounds amazing. <laughs> so, so what's been the most rewarding part of the book project for you? Oh, for the, about the books? Oh, I think it's just meeting like-minded people who have a passion for horses and, and care about these majestic noble creatures and and that feel the same way about the life they deserve Mm -hmm. absolutely and i know you probably have a ton more stories to tell is there another book in the works yes well i've completed a third book that's called the dogs of proud spirit and it's because you know you open a sanctuary for animals and it becomes kind of like a field of dreams build it and they will come And so I decided to write a book about all the dogs who have found their way to us. And um, I'm just starting working on a fourth book. Wow, that's amazing. So so we figured there would be more to come. So I have to ask, and this is probably not fair, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Of all the horses that have made their way to the sanctuary, is there one special one that stands out for you? Uh, I get asked that a lot, actually. And, you know, it kind of has to go back to the first horse, really. Mm-hmm. It almost does. Uh, uh, she was the one who opened my eyes to how glorious these animals are. And uh, she was a horribly neglected, off-the-track thoroughbred. And uh, she just taught me so much. Mm-hmm. Um I'll never forget her. Her name was Cody and uh, she was my special, special girl. And she just really was the inspiration for wanting to open the sanctuary. Well, she made it into your heart and made it possible for all the rest. So we we appreciate that. That's wonderful. Well, if folks wanted to find out more about the sanctuary, more about you and the books, where would they find you online? We are on Facebook, uh, Proud Spirit Horse Sanctuary. And our website is Horses of Proud Spirit. Uh, we do so much more on Facebook, really, than anything. So Horses of Proud Spirit, we, we post a lot about what's going on here. And uh, yeah, you can find us there. And, and through the books, of course, they're available wherever books are sold. And we'll have them on Equitopper, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you so much for telling us a little bit more about the stories. And and I know people are going to love reading the books. Thank you for being with us. We appreciate it, Melanie. Thank you so much for having me.
and we'll look forward to seeing you next year. Okay, great. Please be sure to tune in next week when Julianne and I have another interesting conversation with one of our Equus Film and Arts Fest filmmakers, artists, or authors. 